Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Ademo. All the days of your lives, you will keep on enjoying the victory of the Lord. The victory purchased for you on the cross of Calvary, the victory that he gave to you ever since he defeated the devil, made a public show of him, according to Colossians 2.14. And 15, the Bible says he made a public spectacle. He made a public ridicule of the enemy. He stripped him of all power and authority. And then the devil reminds you of what he's going to do. You remind him of what has been done to him. You remind him of his past. You remind him of his present. And you remind him of his future. His past, he used to be the anointed cherubim. X, he's defeated. X, he was dethroned. Revelation chapter 12 says he was thrown out of heaven. Praise God. He used to be. He used to be. <laughs> he used to be. But no more. You tell him of his present. His present state is that he's a defeated fool. Hallelujah. The, the, God stripped him of all power. God stripped him of all authority. Praise God. He's, he's like a roaring lion. He's no more. He can't be a roaring lion. He's like a roaring lion. He's toothless. He can't do nothing. He's been stripped of the power of the enemy. Thank you so much. Sir. Hallelujah. And you remind him of his future. Where he's going to end up. In the bottomless pit of fire. Praise God. He has no part in you. Amen. You have no lot in him. He has no part in you. And that's the way it's going to be. All the days of your life, you will only know victory. Over your children is victory you will know. Over your home is victory. Over your marriage is victory. Over every project in your life is going to be victory. The Bible says it causes us to triumph always. Not sometimes. Always. I love that about God. His program is not to win some, lose some. He has put me on the winning side perpetually. It's not my fault. It's only my turn. Hallelujah. And I see you rise and fulfill destiny in Jesus' name. Come on. How many people are on the winning side tonight? Oh, if you are sure you are on the winning side, shout hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now, let us um, quickly wrap up. Um, our series on the spirit within. We had been talking for some time about the spirit within. Last week we took a break because of the evangelism team wanted us to stir ourselves up again in the spirit of evangelism. And as we know, it's expected of us from by heaven that we take on the ministry of reconciliation. Amen will reach out to those that are without. And I want to quickly encourage each and every one of us that for the next few months, every Friday night, every Friday night by God's grace, after service on, Sunday, on Friday night, we'll be going to downtown and environs to witness the gospel. Now, it's it's not compulsory for everybody. 
Some people are not confident to do it in the night. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's in the night that you have candidates for salvation. Amen. So we want to go to the highways and byways. We want to go into the center of our town and witness every Friday night. Praise God. That we'll be doing constantly and consistently beginning from next Friday. Amen. I don't want to waste time on it. Amen. Uh, so let us begin. Like I told you, it's not compulsory for everybody. If it's one night a month, you can do it. It's all right. After service, we'll just gather. We'll go there. If you, don't, if you are not comfortable with downtown, you want to go home, and in your neighborhood, you want to knock your neighbor's house and say, you know, do you have five minutes there? I'd just love to share some good news with you, and so on and so forth. If you are comfortable with that, go ahead and do it. Amen? But we'll be concentrating as a church downtown St. Catherine's. Everybody say downtown is for Jesus. Amen. So feel free for next week. We'll give other details for that. But we are starting it immediately. And God is going to help us as we spread the world, the good news of the kingdom. Now, going quickly to our series that we have started before. Uh, that is on the Holy Spirit within the Holy Spirit within. Isn't it so? The Holy Spirit within. Let me ask some questions tonight just to make us more comfortable. You can quickly go over your notes if you have been writing this Bible study. The Holy Spirit within. I'm just going to ask you a simple question to tell me one thing you have learned. We've taken it for two weeks now, two previous weeks, and uh, this is the last finale for the Holy Spirit within. Then we will move to the Holy Spirit upon. Then we know, we'll conclude that the combination of the Holy Spirit within and the Holy Spirit upon makes you a dynamo, makes you a very dangerous species to the world of darkness. The Holy Spirit within and the Holy Spirit upon. Praise God. Now, you mentioned one thing you have learned over the weeks, over the weeks. I've told you several times in Bible study, make sure you come with your writing materials. Have a book where you will jot down the things you have learned. That book becomes a journal for you tomorrow because God is going to make you lead others to Christ. When they are now led to Christ and you want to teach them one or two things, these are things you are going to be referring to. Amen? You don't say, oh, was that what the pastor said that day on that? There will be no time for that. It will now be your book that's going to help you. Or tomorrow in your serving group, your leader may tell you to come and share an exaltation on the Holy Spirit. What will you say? You go through your notes. These are your, these are your preparatory material for your life and for your future. Amen. Praise God. So let's quickly go by it now. The first person can raise his or her hand up. Who's going to help us out about the Holy Spirit within? What were the things you have learned? God bless you, Brother Dominic. Thank you so much. Give it to Brother Dominic. Okay, I say come. So you're the one who is going to wait for Dominic. You can go back to your station. Thank you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the thing that stuck out for me, uh, the power of God is released more when we live in the full reality of the manner of person we are. 
carriers of the presence of God. Knowing who you are, that the Holy Spirit of God dwells in inside of you. More, what will be released again? More, more, more power is released. As you live in the consciousness that God lives on the inside of me, you move around with more power. Praise God. When you live in the consciousness, the Bible says concerning, concerning us in Jude, uh, in Philemon 6, it says the communication of our faith becomes more effectual, more effective, more powerful by the acknowledging of everything that is within us in Christ Jesus. So as we begin to acknowledge the things that are in us, like the Holy Ghost, I acknowledge the Holy Ghost is in me. The power of the Godhead is in me. The anointing of God is in me. The third of the Trinity is in me. Hallelujah. The more you acknowledge it, what do you release? Power. God bless you, sir. God bless you. That's a very powerful contribution. The more I'm conscious of it, the more power I release. The more I'm not conscious of it, the less the power I display. Philemon 6. That's your work. God bless you. Yes? The Holy Spirit within. Let's do quick so that we can stir up the atmosphere. Yes, yes, yes. Somebody should give us something. Praise God. If you don't raise up your land, I will call your name. Yes. Minister Agwenga, bail us out. Thank you so much. When Jesus said, <laughs> oh, I love new creation reality. Come on, put your hands together for him there. Those are one of the truths you should always be conscious of. That, hey, when Jesus said he was finished on the cross, there was an exchange program. Something happened. The presence of God, the Holy Ghost, the power of the Godhead bodily moved from the Holy of Holies. He was not going to live in tents anymore. He was now available to live on the inside of man. Praise God. And that was the day God's heart's desire was fulfilled. God has always said he doesn't want to dwell in temples made with hands. No. No. From the age, he has always said that. His dwelling is always amongst men. And when Jesus said it is finished... The Bible says, like my brother was saying just now, that the curtain was torn into two. Praise God, because the presence of God, what was not unveiled to man anymore, it was over. The presence of God moved, and then it was now available to dwell in man. Holy Spirit never dwelt on the inside. The day Adam sinned, that was the exit of the Holy Spirit from human beings. So the only time it, it now began to be available was after Jesus paid the price of the sin of Adam on the cross. The presence of God moved. And where is that presence right now? Where is that Holy Spirit right now? Where? Where? Say it like you mean it. Where? In you. Praise God. Whew. Those are exciting stories, exciting news. He lives on the inside of me. There's no special temple to be going to. There's no special tabernacle to be going. Hey, it's here. 
Praise God, he's here. Amen. That's true. Yes, let's take one or two more. It's getting exciting. I'm, I'm already stirred up. I'm already stirred up with this information. With these two, I'm, I'm fired up. Praise God. But we learned a lot more. Oh, yes, my daughter. Yeah. The Holy Spirit really helped us clear the nightmares of the spirit. Mm, I'm not hearing you well. Thank the you. The Holy Spirit within helps us uh, bear the nine fruits of the spirit. He helps us bear the nine fruits of the spirit. Oh, come on. Clap for her again. Clap for her. Clap for her. Wait. So that somebody will not accuse me after service. Not the actual person. Somebody else you don't know. Please help me clap for Dominic. Ah, because we didn't clap for him when he Because actually the contributions are very exciting. He's, he's just stirring my spirit up. Praise God. That's wonderful. You see, that's one of the reasons the Holy Spirit, God put the Holy Spirit within for us to bear fruit. How many fruits of the Spirit? How many? Nine. Nine. So the fruit, because he said he is divine. Who is the branch? We are the branches. He's divine. We are the branches. So when you look at a tree, where does the fruit come from? The branches. So we are the ones to bear fruit. Now, the same life that is flowing in the vine is flowing in the branch. Isn't it so? So the life, the Holy Spirit, is the same that is flowing in us. And it will bear fruit. It will bear fruit. So one of the reasons the Holy Spirit is in us is to bear fruit. Now, if you're not a fruit-bearing Christian, you are denying the power of God. That's why the Bible says some, some have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. What's the power? The power is the fruit. We should see the fruit. If the Holy Spirit is there, we should see something better. So there's something called yielding to the Holy Spirit. So we, as children of God, we must consistently yield. And then the fruit will keep on coming out. And then they'll say, oh, these are the true sons of God. Because they are bearing fruit. Now, there are nine gifts of the Spirit, nine fruits of the Spirit. Okay, release the fruit of the Spirit for us. Fruit of the Spirit. No, no, wait, uh, I know what, I, he has been working with me for a while. He knows, okay, yeah. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Praise God. Clap for him now. He quoted the night. All these things, we must have them. We must flow in them. Praise God. They are part and parcel of us. We must bear fruit as Christians. Why do we bear the fruit? The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Amen. One more, then we take, then we go on tonight. Are you being blessed? The Holy Spirit within. Oh, it's, it's, it's something we should walk in as Christians all the time. The Holy Spirit within us. Praise God. Thank you so much, Deacon Joe. All right, so with uh, the, the Holy Spirit indwelling presence, nothing is impossible to us. We have to believe what the Bible says over what we feel. Because the greater one is in us, we are not to fear the devil. <laughs> Glory! Please clap for Dickie Joe. <laughs> Glory! Oh, my, 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 my. 
because of the one who lives on the inside of us, nothing shall be impossible to us. Whoa, whoa. Many people look for help here and there, but the help is within them. Glory be to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> that statement is so loaded, I'm trying to get my bearing. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost lives on the inside of me. Everybody say that. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost lives on the inside of me. Okay, let me ask you a few questions and let's see how far we've gone here. What was Christ's purpose in sending the Holy Spirit? Why did Christ send the Holy Spirit? I think we answered it already, but I just want us to name. Why do you think God sent the Holy Spirit to live in us? There might be many, yeah? Yeah, brother. The Holy Spirit can be everywhere at one time, whereas Jesus wow. can physically be in one place. Wow, this bro is really growing. He's really growing. Come on, I appreciate Dominic once again. He said, it's necessary that I go. It's expedient I go. If I do not go, it will not pay you. It's not going to pay you if, you don't, if I don't go. Say Because so... Uh, if I'm only around, I can only be at one place at a time. But look at it now. I can't live inside anybody. But right now, the Holy Ghost can live on the inside of you. And he will do exactly what I want him to do. Praise God. You can be here in Canada, another friend in Aust Australia, another one in the United States, another one in Europe, another one in Southern Africa, another one in the Caribbeans, and all of you have the Holy Ghost at the same time. Glory. Amen. And of course, there are other things, but that's the ultimate one. There are other things. He wants us to bear fruit also, that our fruit should abide. That's why I put the Holy Ghost. We can't bear fruit if the Holy Ghost is not in us. Praise God. Amen. All right, let's stop with the questions, even though I'd love to ask so many questions, but Let's go on today. Amen. Have you learned something already? All right. So we want to come to the logical conclusion of this spirit within us. We have traced the Holy Spirit from where it used to be and in the New Testament where it is right now. We have talked about the benefits of the spirit within and so on and so forth. But I want to just uh, begin to bring it to a conclusion uh, uh, write this statement down fruit bearing is one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit in our lives to bear fruit to bear fruit fruit bearing is one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit why is within us is to bear fruit Amen. Amen. Because we need to understand that. In Galatians 5.22, it talks about all the fruit of the Spirit. Like my brother was quoting just now, love, joy, 
peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance. Praise God. And all these nine gifts or nine fruits of the Spirit are in the Holy Spirit within us. And it should manifest. Praise God. That is why you see in Luke 24, 51 to 53. Can you put that on the board? Luke 21, 51 to 53. You can see clearly. The word of God says, and it came to pass. And it came to pass. While he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Verse 52. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Now, in this passage of the scripture, you can see that the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in new tongues, had not yet occurred. This just happened to those who have received Christ and they have had the indwelling spirit. They have received the indwelling spirit. Because when we say we receive Christ or we receive Jesus into our lives, it's actually the indwelling spirit we have received. Praise God. Praise God. And you can see here, the Bible is saying that they had great joy. So joy was already manifesting. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. What the unbelievers have is not joy. It's happiness they have. Happiness is temporal. Happiness is built on circumstance, built on what has happened. But joy does not depend on the atmosphere or what is happening. Joy is within. Praise God. It's a fruit of the spirit. Somebody once asked me, can an unbeliever have joy? Not according to the Bible. He can't have joy. What they have is happiness. It's an expression of emotion. Amen? Joy is a fruit of the spirit. Praise God. I did not hear your amen there. So I want to quickly share what the Holy Spirit within will do for us. What the Holy Spirit within will do for us. One I've already said is, a, is going to help us to bear fruit. All right? That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Fruit bearing. Okay? So the Spirit within us, number two, is that he's our helper and comforter. What did I call him? Helper and comforter. What did I call him again? Helper and comforter. Write that down. You must know what the Holy Spirit that is within you. You know, I've told you last week or a couple of weeks that you must be conscious of these things. It's the consciousness of these things that releases the power. If you are not conscious that you have your helper within you, you'll be running around for help every time. You must learn and know and put it into practice and be conscious about it. Whether I'm a student, I'm having difficulty in a course, my helper is here. Are you listening to me? Whether I'm a, whether I'm a worker, I'm having difficulty at work, my helper, he knows all things. Hello? Whether it's the journey of life that I'm stuck, circumstances and situations are not favoring me. My helper is where? In the new creation, you must understand this. You know, I told you, look, during the time of David, where was his helper? 
He will look. He will look up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help. He was looking this way. Why was he looking that way? That's where his helper was. In the new covenant, it's not so for you. My brother just could tell something now. He said, when Jesus died, where was the helper? He was always sitting in the Holy of Holies within the Kerebums. That's where he was. But after he died, when he said it is finished, what happened to that helper? He relocated. Everybody say relocate. Mm -hmm. After he relocated, then where is his new abode now? Where is his new abode? You that you have received Christ is right in you. So where will you look for help now? You see it's different now. Praise God. It is one revelation to look above for help. It is another revelation to look within. Praise God. You are not looking at yourself. Within does not mean it's you. Mm -mm. You are too small to handle your thing now. Within is you are looking at the one who is within you. What did the Bible say about the one within you? He said greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. Who is that he that is within you? The Holy Ghost. Now, you have known that. That's revelation. But to be conscious of it is another thing. How do you get conscious of what is within you? Practice. Everybody say practice. Uh -huh. You begin to practice it. You begin to practice it. It's within me. I have the Holy Ghost in me. The Spirit of God is within me. Oh, the greater one on the inside of me. Rise up today. Do you understand? That's being conscious. I still looking at me like religious people. Every time, every time they bring revelation, you say, eh, you know, my mother has been reading Psalms to me since I was a kid. He said, I would look up onto the hill. Keep on looking up. Praise God. You <laughs> Praise God. It's okay. I felt like you when I was being taught years ago. Too. I felt like you. But that's the difference between religion and Christianity. Christianity is acting on the word of God. That's it. If you believe it, you will change that doctrine straight. You know, this is in the new creation. I'll, by God's grace, I will spend lots of time next year to teach you new creation realities. What's the implication? When Jesus went to the cross, he died. What are the things that have changed? Who are you now? What's your new identity? Because of what Christ did. Praise God. And live according to that. That is Christianity. Otherwise, you just be living in religion. Amen? I don't like religion. I hate religion with passion. Praise God. You know, religion is man's way of getting to God. Christianity is not religion. We only put it as religion for form purposes. You know why we are finishing form? Watch religion. You don't understand, but let us write it down. Christianity is not religion. Religion is God's way, man's way of reaching God. Buddhi, being a Buddhist is religion. Being Muslim, religion. All those things are religion. Because it's man's way of wanting to reach God. That's what we call religion. Christianity is not religion. Christianity is God's way of reaching man. It's different. So I don't like that. Don't be religion. Don't don't be a religious person. Be a Christian. 
Amen. Praise God. Sorry, that's what we do in Bible study. We, we offend our theologies. Hmm? And he said, blessed is he who is not offended in me. Praise God. But that's what we do. Because this gospel is a gospel of offense. Do you know that? Ask your neighbor, when last were you offended? Ah, praise God. Okay, let's save that for later. Okay, he's our helper and our comforter. We notice that in the Amplified Bible, like we have read in times past, in John 14, 16 to 18, the word of God says that, and I will ask the Father, he will send you another comforter. Then in brackets, he started defining that comforter. He said, his counselor, his helper, his intercessor, his advocate, his strengthener, and his standby that he may remain with you forever. Look at all the six things he listed that that comforter that he is, comforter means his counselor, his helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. Then in verse 17, he says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, that is welcome or take in his heart, because it has not seen him nor have recognized him, but you know and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. Verse 18, I will not leave you orphans, that is comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn, helpless. I will come back so we see here, from this place that we have just read, we see here that he's comforter, and not only is he comforter, he's a helper. He said, I will not leave you helpless. He will help you. He will help you. That's his duty. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will be a comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and strambler. All these things the Holy Spirit is to you. So you must know that the helper is where? It's in you. The helper is in you. Not only that, Jesus said in John 16, 7. John 16, 7, write it down. Praise God. John 16, 7, that the Holy Spirit will be our comforter. Praise God. He said, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I do not go, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Comforter. Praise God. Praise God. So we see this. It's so exciting to know that he is double barrel within you. He's going to comfort you. Praise God. You know what it means to be a comforter? He's going to make life comfortable for you. He understands already that life itself, the Bible says the habitation of the earth is full of cruelty. But you know what he did? He put something on the inside of you to make it comfortable for you. Praise God. To give you comfort. To make that life journey smooth for you. Amen? When you are navigating bends, navigating corners, navigating difficult moments, it's going to be smooth for you. Others may be feeling pain, but the comforter, listen to me, 
is within you. He will take you through. That's why it says, when you pass through fire, it can't burn you. Why? The comforter is there. When you pass through the water, he can't drown you. Why? The comforter is there. He will never leave us, nor forsake us. Praise God. He's not only going to comfort us, he's going to help us. It's one thing to have comfort. It's another thing to have help. It's one thing to have help and no comfort. But he's giving you combined on us. You will have comfort and you will have help. Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah. How do I know he's going to comfort me? John 16, 7. How do I know he's going to help me? John 14, 16 to 18. My helper is there. The word of God says it and that settles it. So note those scriptures. That is who he is to you. He's my helper and my comforter. He's my comforter and my helper. Be conscious of it. Live from it. Live from within this reality. Talk it every time. Speak it. My helper is here. My helper is within me. In this situation, I will be helped. I will, he will never leave me nor forsake me. That is the words of Jesus to me. I'm living by God's word. That's what it means to be a Christian. Living by the word. Why are you so sure of these things? He said it. He said it. He said it. I love one of my, my friend's children. He's also a pastor. This girl had her first degree at the age of 18. She had her first degree at the age of 18. She graduated from one of these prestigious colleges in the United States. Then a, a group of us were interviewing her. She said, ah, how did you do it? She said, my daddy told me. My daddy told me. That's all she was telling us that day. My daddy told me I could do it. My daddy told me I could make it. I said, if people believe God, the way this girl has believed the father, Christianity will change. He said, my daddy told me. My daddy told me. Praise God. By the age of 21, this girl already has a PhD. 21. Why? A man told him. A man, he believed him. Praise God. Then if you believe in your God, you should do better than her. Amen? Do you believe he's your comforter? Do you believe he's your helper? Oh, yeah. Things are changing for you. If you believe that, say good amen. amen. Number three. The Holy Spirit within is a guide in the affairs of life. Not only will he help, not only will he comfort me, he will guide me in this life. That means, to a very large extent, mistakes are not my portion. Hallelujah. Error is far from my tabernacle. Why? Because he's guiding me. He's guiding me. But mind you, you can't say he's guiding you. And how many people have seen a guide before? If you go on tour, you know, COVID did not let us go on holidays. A lot of, but you know what happens when you're on holiday? You submit yourself to a tour guide, isn't it so? And the person makes you go around to tour around, and you will enjoy your holiday as a result of that. Now, if you don't submit yourself to the guide, if the guide said this is the next place we are going, and you say you want to go there, 
God bless you is not a busy place like, uh, is it Disney World or, praise God. You know, the world is so funny. They say amusement, you go, you go and spend your money to watch rats. <laughs> and you'll be happy at the end of the day. Praise God. <laughs> praise God. The world, very funny place. Praise God. I, w- I was the only one not happy on the trip. When, when my children were there, everybody has gone to Disney. Look, Daddy, we are not happy. You have to take us to Disney. He said, ah, okay. When we got there. <laughs> Praise God. Is this what I've spent my money to come and watch? God has to forgive me. This is, uh, praise God. Let me be careful otherwise. Uh, some people will not be happy with me after this study. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, like I'm saying, if you are going to be guided, one of the things that is required from you is to submit yourself to the guide. If you don't submit yourself to the guide, you can get lost. And how often we get lost, how often we make a mess of what we are doing because we have not submitted ourselves to the guide. In this situation, I don't know the road. I've not been here before. Holy Spirit, can you guide me? Can you submit to him? As you see, he will guide you. On this matter, I've not taught this road before. Praise God. People here, you are believing God for your spouse. Are you sure you have submitted yourself to the Holy Ghost? Because you have a guide within you. He's not far off. We don't have to book an appointment. He's there. You carry him all over. Praise God. Have you submitted yourself to him? You are believing God for a bride. Have you submitted yourself? Not everything in sketch is a bride or a bride material. Praise God. Not everything. Amen. Let him guide you. Let him lead you. Important decisions in town. Important decisions you have to make. Which city am I living? Which region am I staying? Where has God called me to? Decisions. You just got three job offers. Which one has a future? Because sometimes the one with the biggest amount of money is not the right one. It has no future sometimes. Amen. <laughs> Some people are frowning at me. Pastor, don't go there. I'll let it be big. Go. <laughs> it will be big in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is also our guide. That's what I want you to know. He's our guide. He's our guide. John 16, 13. Let's read it there. We want to see where the word of God says he's our guide. It's not somebody's idea. It is God's. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. You remember Jesus was talking here, telling them that it's expedient that he goes. He said when the spirit of truth is come, he will do what? guide you into all truth. That's the first thing. He says he will guide you unto all truth. The truth about everything, he will guide you there. Now, not only will he guide you to all truth, he will guide you to the truth of God's word. 
He said, thy word is truth. Isn't it so? John 17, 17. What did he say there? <coughs> Excuse me. Clearing my throat. John 17, 17. He said, thy word is truth. We should know. Those are scriptures we should know. I don't even expect the person to go there. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Everybody say John 17, 17. Thy word is truth. Okay, those are very small scriptures. You must be able to quote verbatim. Thy word is, thy word is, thy word is. Okay, praise God. So, it says thy word is truth. So, he said it will guide you onto all truth. So, part of all the truth is the word. Do you understand? The word is the truth. So, he will not only guide you to all truth, the truth about every matter in life. He will also guide you in the truth of God's word. The Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. So, the Holy Spirit will guide us in all the affairs of this life. He says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Romans 8.14. You can write that down to Romans 8.14. The leading, the guidance. Praise God. So, no one can be guided or led, like I said earlier, unless he or she submits him or herself to the hands of the guide. Yes, the Holy Spirit can have the capacity to guide, can have the capacity to lead, it can have the capacity to lead you onto all truth, but you need to submit yourself to him for him to guide you. One of the things about the Holy Spirit that we learned is that he's a gentle spirit. He will not struggle with any man. Your pastor can still be kind enough for people who are oversight over you. When you say, no, I'm not doing it. I say, come here. Who are you talking to? Come on. Holy Spirit will not do that. When you say no to him, he will remain where last you dumped him. Praise God. He has a covenant with Jesus. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The day you want to start picking up the conversation again, he will be there. That's one thing good about the Holy Spirit. He will still be there for you. Amen. But the, the Holy Spirit too is a person. If you abuse somebody too much, what will you do? You are, not, you are not getting me. Or you deliberately kept quiet. When you are abusing somebody too much, if you have a friend who is abusing you in your relationship, that is, doesn't, doesn't respect you, doesn't respect your person, you say, let's meet 7 o'clock, you come 9 o'clock, you're not even saying no apologies for that or whatsoever. You are late on appointments. You are late on everything. You are not just even, there's nothing like sorry. Even when you offend the person, you will not apologize. You say, hey, where, where did we leave, leave off? You just want to enter the conversation like that. You say, ah, no. Praise God. You say, no. What I'm trying to say is that the Holy Spirit, too, is a person. He can be hurt. Amen? The mere fact he's not going to leave us nor forsake us doesn't mean he doesn't have feelings. Praise God. 
That's why it's a personality, it's a person. He's got feelings. You cannot treat the Holy Spirit anyhow and expect that you'll be blessed by the Holy Spirit himself. No. Praise God. So he's going to be there for you. Amen. As long as Jesus says he can be there. Amen. Glory be to God. So he's going to guide you in the affairs of life. To have guidance is very, very important. And the reason many folks have gotten into different shapes and different kinds of messes in life is that they are not following the guide. They are not following the guide. You must learn that the Holy Spirit that you have to follow is where? Where is he right now? It's within you. So you must learn to listen to that guide. Train yourself. Pick it up. Nobody was born with it. People have just learned to be quiet and listen to him to guide. And you can say one or two scriptures that you have confidence that whatever God says, you will obey, he will, he will guide you. You have confidence that God has said he will guide you and he will guide you. Amen? And don't just take this truth today and sit down with it or just put push it in one corner, and you still live your life like an ordinary human being. You are not ordinary. You have got the king of glory living on the inside of you in the presence of the Holy Spirit. You have the one that has the answers to all things on the inside of you, and you don't bother to ask him. So, what does it mean when I am not engaging the Holy Ghost as I ought to as a Christian? For being a guide. What does it mean? If I'm not talking to the Holy Spirit to guide me, what does it mean? What's the implication? What's the implication? What's the implication? Hmm? The implication is this. It means I don't believe in him. People don't do what they don't believe is what people believe that they do. Why don't we pray before we go out of the house? Because we know we can survive and come back. That's why we don't pray. If you tell everybody that if you step out there, you will fall down and die. Everybody will pray. Everybody will pray. Nobody wants to die. Everybody will pray. But because you believe that if I go, I'll come back. What's it? Now, if you believe, if you don't believe that the chair you are sitting on will hold you, will you sit on it? You don't sit on it. Look at the various shapes, the way we are sitting. Some are crossing leg. Some are, you, if, if you even hear somebody just fall on the chair, you will first check your chair very well. That, let's be careful on this chair. Maybe pastor is saying, we, at last we borrowed it. We quickly return it. You know, people don't do what they don't believe. People only do what they believe. The reason we don't talk to him or we don't believe that that power is within us. We are not exercising it. And it's so simple. Somebody was once chatting, he said, uh, uh, I'm a bit confused. Pray for me. 
said, there was a church I was going to before, seven years ago. He said, what happened in that church was that the, there was a fracas. There was something that happened in the church. And uh, I didn't like the way the pastor handled the matter, and I left the church. The person said he left the church. But after a while, he and the pastor made up. He and the pastor were okay. That, well, well, things have happened. Maybe that was two years after I left, but, I mean, they have said a la vista to each other. A la vista means bye-bye, in case you don't know. Yeah. So, they have said bye-bye. So, seven years down the road, in the new church he was going to, that he left for, Something happened there again. I don't know why things keep on happening in churches. Something happened there again. And the, uh, the pastor of the church itself left the church. He left the church. So he too was in the process of leaving. Then he came to ask. He said, please help me out in this situation. What should I do? Do I remain in the church? Should I leave the church and find a new church? Or should I go back to the church? At least I've made up with the pastor of the first church. Should I go back to that one? Which one should I do? The Holy Spirit is within you. The Holy Spirit is within you. Okay, the word of God says it will guide you. Is that not so? And where is it? It's in you. Okay, close your eyes. Let's pray. Prayed. The Holy Spirit said, What? Ask him what is inside of him. What is the Spirit saying right now? And immediately ask, What is the Spirit saying? He says, Crystal clear to go back to the first church. You understand? The Spirit spoke to him there. He doesn't need anybody counseling that. He will speak to you. Amen? He will speak to you. Now, you must have been, by reason of use, you have been conversant with the Spirit within. Praise God. Don't say, now, you, you, see, you see one girl there now. You say, yeah, that girl looks like it. That girl looks like it. He said, Pastor said, you should check what the Spirit is saying. The Spirit is saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. That's the one. That's the one. That's not the one. Because you have not been used by reason of exercise. You have not been conversant with it. But the more you give yourself, the more you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. You see that? It's simple. It's guiding you. It's guiding you. It's going to guide you with a Red light, stop there. Or green light, go. That's guidance. You didn't hear any voice, but that's a guide. There are some things in life you should hear the voice. But the guide and the voice, they won't contradict each other. Are you getting what I'm saying? So guidance is the practical way that God will lead you. Every day he guides you. He can guide you. There are days I will be going to my house. Yeah, take this road. 
Amen. Not knowing that I had, they have blocked the road. If I did not take it, Praise God. It would have wasted maybe an hour of my time. So things like that, little, little things, little, little things here and there. And that one hour, you can just think it's just one, it's only one hour. No, there might have been some things that are timely that you should have done within that time that you messed up. Praise God. So always yield to the guidance of the Holy Ghost. Practice it daily. It's practical. Amen. Praise God. There are times you didn't plan some things. God will just tell you, do it. Amen? He said, do it. Guidance. Of recent, I've been believing God. Uh, so many challenges here and there. I've been believing God to do a lot of things. And one of the things, there have been delay on this one, delay on that one, but, you know, just go and go. And one of the things I'm believing God for, I'm believing God for some financial breakthroughs in some things because I put some projects in line that I need. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Praise God. You are looking at me as if uh, you don't have your own. <laughs> Praise God. In the midst of that, in the midst of that, the Holy Spirit woke me up in the middle of the morning. He said, I should send money to somebody. I said, Ah, oh, Lord. He's not... It's not time. I've just I've been sending, sending. Where is the coming? Coming. Praise God. So as you said, and the person is in a far country. Ah. Okay. You are Lord. <laughs> Praise God. Then I sent it to him. I sent it. Because it was one of those who taught me Bible when I was still a young Christian. When I didn't know my left from right, he taught me and he taught me well. Praise God. Send him. He had been sick for a while, had his own challenges here and there, and I sent it. And immediately I sent it, there was so much peace in my heart. Boom. Boom. So much peace in my heart. I said, oh, Jesus is Lord. Thank you. I must be of the Holy Ghost. And I'm sure when I woke up the following day, I woke up in great peace. I knew he must have prayed for me. You know, there are some things when he enters, you say, ah, Ah, this one wait. Like I was telling my daughter this morning when we were driving, I said, if somebody should give me a million dollars now, I'll tell the person to come back. Because the prayer I have on the inside of me will not suffice. <laughs> Praise God. Anyway, to cut the long story short, what did the Bible say? It said, give and it shall be given. Praise God. And uh, as I released that, of course, when I looked at my account too, I saw a surprise. Somebody just blessed me also. I said, yeah, that is God. That's following the Holy Spirit. If I didn't do that, maybe a door won't be open for me too. Amen. Praise God. Guidance. The Spirit within. How many people really want to begin to pursue the guidance of God? It's good. That's one of the advantages of the Holy Ghost. What will you have me do? Ask for the guidance of God. Always. Always. Ask for the guidance. There are some things in your, in your closet. Ask the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Some of you, there are clothes you haven't worn for a year. A year. A year. Someone's developing, give it out. What is it doing there? Some, 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 some shoes. It has spent three years. 
said, oh, it's good. No, I bought it. You bought it on sale. We know. Give it out. Oh, you don't understand. It was special. This uh, give it out. Do you understand? Let the Holy Spirit lead you. I'm telling you that try and begin to practice it even in little, little areas. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Amen? It seems you are not happy with me today. Amen. So, number one, fruit bearing. Number two, I can't hear you. Number three, guide in the affairs of love. Praise the Lord. Number four, knowing on the inside of you what to do. On the inside of you what to do. Under the old covenant in Jeremiah 31, 33, can you put it on the screen, please? God speaks to the new covenant that he would establish, he spoke in, to the new covenant how he would establish his own people. Praise God. 31, 33, are we there? Okay. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, said the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. Now, this is God. In the Old Testament, this does not exist in the time of Jeremiah. But he was given an inclination of what he was going to do in the future. That he was going to begin to write laws in people's hearts, in their inward parts. In the inward part. Now, where is the inward part? The inward part, of course, is your spirit. Amen? And he said that the Holy Spirit, in short, in the days of Jeremiah, the Holy Spirit was not living on the inside of men. It can come upon, but it wasn't within them. Praise God. Did you understand that? It wasn't within them. So this time was a futuristic prophecy. It was a prophecy for a time that after Jesus had paid the penalty for humanity, where the spirit of God can live on the inside of man, then he will be able to write the laws in their hearts. Praise God. Now, this puts us in a different class in the New Testament because the laws of God can now be written in our hearts. Where is this found? 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, anyone in Christ... It's a new creation. All things are passed away and all things have become new. So where does God make where does God make us a new creature? In our hearts and in our spirits. In our hearts or spirits. Our spirit, when you see spirit and heart, heart, spirit is the same thing. Alright? That's where we become new creations. When we say we become born again, it's our spirit that is being reborn. Our spirit was dead before we met Jesus. It exists, but it was dead. I've explained this several times, that the kind of death that our spirit has, or it used to have, was what Adam experienced in the garden. The Bible says concerning Adam, when he sinned, 
when God told him that you will not eat of this fruit, the implication, if he ate the fruit or ate the fruit, what will happen is that he would surely, he would surely die. Now, did Adam die physically? No, he wasn't physical death. He was spiritual death. That was since then. The spirit of the human race, anyone born of a woman, came out dead, spiritually speaking. That's why anyone who is born cannot say, I'm born again. No, there's nothing like that. You will personally declare who? Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. That's how you get saved. So he said, through one man, we inherited sin. So through Adam, everybody's spirit man is dead. Has no relationship with God. So it comes to a time when somebody hears a message of the good news, which is part of what we say we'll be giving out next week now, so that many people can enjoy and experience the new birth. What happens? When they give their heart, when they receive the word of reconciliation, when they accept the word of reconciliation, a miracle happens. That spirit that was dead, that existed but dead, doesn't have relationship with God. Let me explain it further. You know when Jesus was giving the parable about the prodigal son, and that's what's happening to a lot of people. There are a lot of prodigals out there. The Bible says the prodigal son, what happened? He came to himself one day and said, look, even in my father's house, the slaves, the servants live better. He returned home. And when he returned home, what did the father do? The father said, come. He threw up an open feast. He said, my son that was dead is now alive. What does that mean? He was caught away from the privileges the rights and positions he had in God. But now, he's returning to those privileges, rights, and positions. So that is what you call salvation. Amen? So when we now give our hearts to Christ, a miracle takes place. And that's the miracle of salvation. That's when we say, we are now reborn. That is the part of us that was dead to God from his privileges, rights, positions in God that we have been stripped of by virtue of our inheritance in Adam. Now we are back. We are alive unto God. So we now say we are born again. We are born again. Praise God. So that's the miracle of salvation. So Titus 3.5, let's read that. Let's read Titus 3.5. Oh, how am I going to rush this thing? Um, Titus 3.5, let's quickly do that. Not by works of righteousness which we have done. You see, that's not how we got saved. But according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Part of that process, what saves us is that the Holy Ghost moves his abode where? inside of us. That's it. The moment you give your life to Christ, the Christ that you have invited to come and live on the inside of you is who? The Holy Ghost. That's the representative of Jesus. He said, another comforter. Who is the first comforter? 
Jesus. So this is the other comforter, the Holy Ghost. He now moves his residence. Where? On the inside of you. You now say you are what? You are born again. Come on, let's appreciate Jesus. That's a big, big miracle. Praise God. Glory be to God. So now, because of that miracle that takes place, listen to what has happened. 2 Corinthians 3.3. 2 Corinthians 3.3. Quickly. Remember God says he will put his law in our inner inward parts. In Jeremiah 33. You remember? Where's the inward part? In our heart or our spirit. That's the inward part. So how is he going to write it? Like he said he will write it. He can only write it by the Holy Ghost. And listen to it. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered to by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. What did God used to write his laws in our heart? By the spirit of the living God. Not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart, in our spirit. The laws of God are being written in our spirit. Please listen to this teaching. This is very powerful. It's very powerful. If you understand this process, <laughs> you live differently. Praise God. Amen. Glory be to God. Right, so we see now the process of him writing it in our spirit is through the Holy Spirit. And he writes it in our heart, in our spirit. He is our guide into all truth. Don't forget that. John 16, 13, right? And on our inside, the Holy Spirit leads on our inside. Let's, let's look at Romans 8, 14. Let's. Romans 8.14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Now, he has written the laws in our hearts, in our spirit man. Hello? Now, the Holy Spirit who dwells within your spirit, by virtue of the law that has written, will guide you accordingly. Amen? He will pick you and guide you accordingly. And that is why your spirit will always be a witness with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the laws have been written where? In your heart. That's how you know that this is the writing. How would you know? It's written in your heart. It will be a witness with the Holy Ghost. Is written in your heart. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. You are the true ones he was talking about in Jeremiah 33. You are the true ones. Praise God. But like I said, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to do these things. Otherwise, we will not benefit of it. Praise God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Our time is first, first spent. Uh, let me just jump to the last one. Uh, 
if time permits, I will do justice to this again. Uh, the process of him writing it in our heart, and not just writing it in our heart, we following the written word that is in our spirit man. So, you remember the last topic is knowing what to do, okay? Knowing what to do. You will know what to do. I'm telling you why you will know what to do. Why will you know what to do? What has been written in your heart? The word of God, the laws of God has been written in your heart. So you will automatically know what to do. Even sometimes when you are confused, this is the word to quote. You understand? It's written what to do. It's written in my heart by the Holy Ghost. I will not miss it on this. I will be guided. Every other voice that plans to confuse you are binded. You will know what to do. Amen. Praise God. I say it often. One of the things why I know there are three things in my life that I know I did not make a mistake about. Number one is my salvation. Number two is my call. Number three is the woman I married. Praise God. Uh, all those things. Every other thing you can argue. But those three things in my life, I don't know. It's too sure. Why? It's based on this scripture. It's written in my heart what to do. Praise God. Uh, lastly, let's do number three. Huh? And I promise to. The Holy Spirit within testifies of Jesus. He always testifies of Jesus. The purpose of the Holy Spirit within you. It will testify of who? Testify of Jesus. Our time is fast spent. Let me uh, lock it up there. Have you been blessed today? That spirit within. Praise God. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. and Bible study every Friday, 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.